0: if we didn't give him a job, he'd probably be dead. It's
1: The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. And welcome to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at wrqk.com. This is normally where I would tell you, and I still am going to tell you, that I'm online on Facebook for you at Stansbury Show as well, but I barely want to send you there. We're going to touch on this a little bit more throughout the program, but I was censored yesterday on Facebook over something I shouldn't have been censored for. Now, that's what everybody thinks, right? But the truth is, I just linked a story from multiple different media outlets had this, where a woman had slept with 16,000 people and was going to get married. And then fiance said, I don't care. I'm going to marry this person anyway. I didn't. Now, the woman didn't look great. She didn't. She, She had too much plastic surgery and all that. But like, no, I didn't attack her and nothing. But sure enough, your post goes against our community standards. What standards? Hey, this is happening. Hey, look out here. This woman did this. What the hell's the community standard on that Facebook? You'll have to explain it to me. I talk to a few people I know that get in trouble a lot <laughs> online because I don't really. I don't find myself in Facebook jail and I really get perplexed by people who are super proud to be in Facebook jail all the time. I'm like, I don't get why that's a badge of. Of uh, of uh, I, I don't know of, of awesome. I don't know why people think that's so great to get kicked off of uh, social media. I I don't I don't understand that. But it seems like uh, to me the people I were talking to yesterday about it, or and even this morning a little bit, said it's not so much what you said, it's what happened in the comment section and like the vitriol that ended up going there and like the hateful things people were saying. So it's like, dude, once that overtakes, I was like, well, wait a minute though, wait a minute. I was like, that's kind of nuts. I was like, if I go to any post anywhere on anybody's page, I'm going to see vitriol in the comments. That seems like a pretty flimsy line there to, to like, pick and choose. And they were like, well, you know what happens is somebody reported you. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Now, they gave me access to my account. I'm not banned. It was just like, hey, like, we're taking this down. And I, I, I was like, that's very strange. And, you know, th- th- we're going to talk about this with YouTube a little uh coming up in the nine o'clock hour because they're banning any anti-vaccine content at all, not even just COVID-19 vaccination anti-stuff. They're going to they're going to ban. Now, they claim. It's going to be just the stuff that has, you know, wild, you know, allegations, lies and misinformation in it. But, you know, once you start broad sweeping things, there will be legitimate things that get removed. And, you know, they'll over they'll correct and go, OK, you know what? That was on us. I, at least I hope there that's being a little optimistic. Um, But they're, but they're coming after all the anti-vaccination, um, you know, rhetoric online on YouTube, at least they're uh, they're going to ban it. And uh, we're going to talk about that at nine o'clock. And it had me thinking about. Somebody yesterday. You got to wonder, like, where's Jenny McCarthy on all of this? For those of you that don't remember, she was pretty anti-vax. She was regular, just even regular, regular, different vaccines were causing the rise of autism. Right. It's been proven a thousand times over. It's not true. Okay. Now, yes, I'm trusting scientists there, but I do trust that. I do believe that. Now, there are just a study came out this last week that said there's been a rise in autism over the last 20 years. and I was like, oh, this is the worst time in the world to put this article out, because what people are going to do is they're going to make the link that, see, it's the vaccines are bad. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what it is. What it is, is we're getting better at diagnosing ASD and autism and things like this. We're getting better at diagnosing it. We're getting uh, we're understanding it more. So, yes, we're figuring out more people have this than we originally thought. That's what it is. It's not that the vaccines did it. But you got to wonder where Jenny McCarthy is right now, right? Now, she had to shut up because people's, you know, kids were getting sick over her advice and things like that. And that got bananas. But as she's watching, I don't know what the po- I don't know what the actual percentage is, what 30, 35 percent of the country being like flat out anti-vax right now. I don't think it's even that high, probably 20 But people are boldly online standing firm in what they believe on the anti backside and the COVID 19 thing. And you got to wonder if she's not sitting there walking around her house going, where the hell were you people when I needed you? Right? Like, this is, I'm surprised nobody's dug her up and said, hey, get the broad from remote control and see if she wants to be smart about medicine again. And like, I can't believe nobody's digging her up and asking her opinion on that. We'll touch on that a little bit more coming up nine o'clock. Also, the NBA is saying, no, 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 we're going to give unvaccinated players. If you can't play in a game because of vaccination mandates, meaning there are uh, places in California and New York, you have to be vaccinated to go inside to play. The league's not demanding you be vaccinated. Not the player. No, no, no. The guy who serves you nachos, yes. The trainers, coaches, all that, yes, but the players have a union and they can't come to an agreement. So, like, no, our players don't have to be vaccinated, but, you know, everybody else around them does and and all that. They are now going to pass out a massive financial hit to unvaccinated players. I'll have that for you at 830. Also, audio from an NBA player who's who's talking about why he will not get vaccinated. They asked him the question and the room gets silent over his answer. I have that. Also, it turns out I may have been wrong about the Brian Laundry case. Dog the Bounty Hunter on the case and says, Oh no, he's alive and I'm close to finding him. I had thought for sure that kid was dead. I, I was like, Eh, it's easier to find somebody who's alive. They have to move around. Eventually you're in front of a camera. You have to, you know, use a store, something like that. I was like, Eh, he probably committed suicide out in the middle of the woods and the dogs just haven't found him yet. That was my take. Dog the Bounty Hunter says, No, and I'm getting close. Seven o'clock, I'll give you that. Here's what's next on the Stansbury Show. All right. One of the new words I hear people use about themselves all the time is minimalist. I'm a minimalist. And I'm curious how true that is. A study into what it actually means and how many of us are actually a minimalist is next on the Stansberry Show. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're at 730 this morning. We're going to take a look at the correlation between anger and accusations. If you accuse somebody of something and they get angry, does that automatically mean they're guilty? We assume that. But does it actually mean that? We're going to take a look at that correlation. We'll do that at 730. A word you hear a lot these days for people to describe themselves is minimalist. And so, um, as I read an article about being a minimalist, I was like, you know what? I actually want to get the dictionary definition of what this word means. Okay. So I pulled up dictionary.com and the actual definition, there's a few here. Cause as a noun, it's a person who favors a moderate approach to achievement of a set of goals or who holds minimal expectations for the success of a program. Now it is most commonly used and the dictionary would admit this. As an adjective describing a style or approach that uses a small number of elements, less possessions, and that's how we're going to talk about it right now. So many people now, 3 in 5, consider themselves to be a minimalist. And I have been turned all the way around on this. I once for a long time in my life and too long was a possession obsessed based per- possession obsessed had to have the newest this, had to have the most expensive this, brand new this. I spent so m- I wasted so much money on possessions. And yeah, very much, you know, the um, uh, the fight club mentality, what you own ends up owning you. That's true. Now, I'm not that deep, honestly. I'm not that enlightened. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? There's not enough Enya going on in my in the background. I'm not that enlightened. But it is kind of true. And I have... Spent myself into the poorhouse, chasing a lot of possessions, and it's just, I made a lot of mistakes there. I did. So now, when talking to people about being a minimalist, they wanted to find out whether or not you actually were. So if they walk in your house and you have art all over the walls, are you a minimalist? Some would say no. 51% said, well, I have this artwork because it's, it's meaningful to me. Okay. And and I'm not going to knock you having art on the wall, right? I am not. But again, we're talking more possessions. They don't necessarily I I guess you see here's what's tough about talking about this stuff is that well, actually, if you spend 10 minutes a day looking at it and it calms you down, right? I mean, there's a way to spin everything and the well actually crowd out there, but a minimalist would remove Any possession that doesn't bring, that's not a necessity. I'm trying to get to, that's the end road I'm trying to get to there. Is that you would not own anything that you don't absolutely need. Now, do I own things I don't absolutely need? Yes. So by that definition, I'm not sure I could be considered a minimalist. Compared to the average American in what they own possession-wise, I think I absolutely would be considered. But by this strict definition, I would not. 38% said, well, I have this art in my house because it serves as a talking point. I invite people over. Oh, that's a really interesting painting. Where did you get that? Oh, that's an artist I love. Out of You know what I mean? And that is true. And I think art, I see value in art. And it feels weird to say that to you. And here's why. I want to make sure I'm right about this as I'm saying it. There is, not one, there is not one framed piece of art on any wall in my house anywhere. There is not a picture of me, my family, anything, anywhere. The only art I have, honestly, is pages ripped out of a coloring book, And a five-year-old couldn't stay in the lines, and it's put on the fridge by a magnet. That's my art. That's the art I have in my house. Doesn't really serve as a talking point. People walk in and be like, oh, look, macaroni art. I bet I know where you got that, (laughs) right? And so, like, that's it's not really a talking point there. I have nothing on the walls of my house. I have no furniture on the first floor of my house. None. It's gone. Got rid of it all. Possessions in homes are prisons. I, I just said this last week that if I won this big like uh, powerball, I think they drew last night. I, I, I Honestly, I didn't even look to see if they got a winner. I will uh, during the break. It was like 570, 570 million, right? I'm guessing a lot of you wouldn't be a minimalist if I gave you that money. And, uh, and probably not me either, right? I, I'd collect houses, I bet, at that point. And, uh, but 570 million, what did I say? I said I would live on the move for those of you who were with us during that conversation that I would live in national parks. I would live on the road. I wouldn't, I don't think, I, that's what I would want for that money, to never have to have a residence ever again, to not have to have a mailing address. I wanted, that's how, that's, again, I'm bringing the Powerball into it now over minimalism, but like, that's the whole reason to win that money to me. I want to be able to answer I don't know to two questions. What time is it and what day is it? I want to not have to know that. I don't know, bro. I've been day drunk for six months. <laughs> Like, I don't know, dude. I've been on this boat hammering down these Coronas for literally six months. I have no idea what day it is. It might not even be six months. Maybe it just feels that long. Like, that's what I would want there. That's what I want. 53% say they have artwork of nature or landscapes in their home. More than half of that, people have animals. And, uh, and uh, I again, I have no art. And I enjoy art. It's just, you know, I do have that one painting. It's where the hell did I put that? That was up when I was in my apartment. It was in my storage unit. Did I leave it there? <laughs> I probably left it at the old apartment just being lazy. I'm just, I, I don't, I'm lazy and don't want to ever leave the house. So I'm afraid to make it any more comfortable than it is out of the fear that I will never leave it. Like at least if I, if I keep it very minimal and somebody invites me to do something halfway cool, I'm like, yeah, dude, get out of here. Right? Like the cushier my environment is, the more likely I am to never leave it. And I need a little put, my, this is probably only true of me, not most of you. I need a little kick in the ass there. Only I think about a, what was it? About 20% of people were willing to consider to themselves maximalists, are much more likely to refer to themselves as creative. Now, here's what's interesting about that. I feel like I'm a very creative person in multiple facets. I don't feel it, but I, I would never consider myself to be a maximalist. Not at all. Not at all. I I don't have a desire to have a lot of things. I don't want to move a lot of things when I have to move. Huh? Eighty-three percent of maximalists, though, said they were they were satisfied with their lives versus seventy percent of minimalists. That's strange, right? Because the minimal what a minimalist would tell you is, is that that's what I'm trying to get is peace and fulfillment out of my life. And I, and I have to do it on a real level, not by retail therapy. And yet 83% of people who consider themselves to be a maximalist actually do say that they're happy. Now that's self-report or satisfied, sorry, that is satisfied is different than happiness. Um, uh, that's, uh, self-reporting there. And I think sometimes people answer questions in the manner in which they wish they were true versus how true they actually are. Of the 834 respondents that feel lost when it comes to art and decor, meaning they don't know what to do, don't know what to buy, don't know what to put up nearly three in five believe the biggest challenge are finding art and decor for their small living space. Well, how are overwhelmed by the number of options to choose from? I just never know what to buy. Like I know what I like, I, I'm terrible at this. Like I could go in the store and be like, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's pretty nice. And, but once we got it all in the house, like where it all goes together, I'd be lost there. Like, I don't have that eye. My buddy Marty's great at this. Like the one day we were driving down the street and he like screeched on his brakes and I was like, what are you doing? he had this truck and he was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go grab this. And there was like some old desk that somebody was throwing out. I was like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, dude, that thing is broken down. It's a piece of trash. He's like, eh, give me a week. So sure enough, a week later, I go back to his house and he had it completely redone, repurposed through this, and it turned it into a really nice bar in the corner of his li- uh, like living room in his apartment. I was like, dude, that came out great. And he was like, yeah, man, because when I you and I see the world differently, I see something in this and you don't. You see trash. I see treasure I'm like Nah, what you saw was work, and what I saw was, eh, that's a Saturday off the golf course, and I'm not interested in that. I, uh, I, I, So I would agree that I am, as a minimalist, part of what does it is that I don't know what to buy. I'm not, I, I, I don't, and once I walk past the art in my house three times, I'm going to be like, why the hell did I buy that? It's just who I am. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, 8.30 this morning. The NBA is laying down the hammer. Unvaccinated players, you're about to take a huge financial hit. And we'll talk about that 8.30 this morning on the program. Uh, before the break, we were talking about minimalist versus uh, maximalist and, and, and possessions and what you have on the walls in your house and you know, what you own and the like. And what I found interesting about this poll is 44% of the people who responded to the poll said that they are hesitant. Reluctant is actually the word they use. Reluctant to hang up photos of themselves and the family in the house. Turns out half of those people were self-conscious about their appearance. And even more than that said, well, really what it comes down to is we don't have quality photos of ourselves. We don't have those. I thought, well, how could that be true? But here's how it's true. All your best photos, I'm guessing, are on your iPhone. Or your Android phone. And, well, I, I mean, you can print them out. How many people have a printer in their house right now? I read every day. I tackle about 9 to 12 subjects a morning on the program. And back in the day, that would be 300 pages you would print out so you could have it in the studio with you. Okay, I need that in case I got a reference. I print not a thing now. I haven't clicked print In here, script sometimes for spots because I need another window open and I can't read off the screen and I like to have it right here in front of me versus that that's what I'll print about four pages a week. Are people still printing out photos at home? I don't think we are. We take photos of everything. So no photo is special. I read an article about digital hoarders the other day. It turns out most of us are that. I think I'll look this up, but I think I'll try to find this article. I ended, I was going to talk about it and I just pushed it off. I think it was like something like 70% of us have photos on our phone that we haven't looked at in over a year. It's true of me. If I open up the photo thing in there, it's going to be cluttered with crap, like literal crap. But I think it's because of how we take our photos now. And I didn't even mean to go this route with this, but It's a little sad, right? Like one of the terms you're going to hear more often in your life moving forward will in fact be data breach. That's going to be the new term of the the new era. More hacks going out. Oh, their data got breached and your debit card's been. First of all, you've given away all the rights to every photo you've ever posted. You don't own those. Goodbye. See ya. So there's that. Somebody's going to eventually sell them as an NFT, <laughs> um, and uh, so, th- and we're not printing them out. And we take a photo of everything. It almost feels weird, like when somebody pulls out an actual camera. You're like, what in the hell is happening? Right? Like there's there's that. So I think that's why less photos of the fam are around the houses because it just seems like strange to do it. Why? Just go to my Instagram. What happens when the 17-year-old down the block like just locks everybody out of everything? And all your moments and all your history and all that stuff is just gone. Yeah, I went to the far end of the page to sell an argument, I did. But much like I always say about entertainment, when people worry about canceling and, oh, they changed my favorite movie, buy it, and then they can't change it. It's in your hand. Han didn't shoot first. He's the only one that shot on the copy I own, because I own the original. And that's what I watch. I own the original. Can't cancel what I own. And the same thing with your photos. Like, back in the day with the photos, the biggest threat to your pictures back in the day was, Oh, no, I hope it doesn't flood in my basement. The biggest threat to your photos today is your neighbor. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9, YouTube banning all anti-vaccine content. Now, they're claiming just the misinformation stuff, but you know what will happen. They're going to go out, they're going to mass delete things out, and some things that are all right are going to be deleted, you know, at first, and they're like, oh, you know what, actually, we thought better of that. It'll be messy to start. They're claiming just the misinformation stuff, but, you know, nobody's ever going to believe that. Um, You know, what the public's going to do is hear that and go, well, the stuff they don't agree with will be labeled as misinformation, right? Nah, that's how it's going to go. So um, I think we're in for interesting times uh, with social media, I think, uh, and I would absolutely put YouTube into that uh, conversation. I think we're in for interesting times. I think um, what we're seeing in a lot of things and and the arguments going back and forth in about five years' time, it could be argued, um, the public having a voice on everything is what screwed everything up. We're taking it away from you. And that, I know it sounds crazy. I know it does. But, like, that's, I, I think, I think dude, human beings are good at ruining stuff. Like, we're damn good at ruining stuff. And so I, I think that could happen. We'll touch on it a little bit more coming up at 9 a.m. All right. Um, I may be dead wrong on this Brian Laundrie case. And, really, I think a lot of people want to hear it referred to as the Gabby Petito case. You barely hear her name anymore. And uh, the search is underway for Brian Laundrie. And I've been saying for days on end now, this guy's not alive. Like, I don't buy it. And here's my thought process here. Some of you have probably heard me say this. I just think if you're on the move, you're more likely to run across a camera, you know, a station clerk. Or you know what I mean? You need a, a pack of smokes or whatever the hell it is. And, like, you know, you, at some point, nobody can really live without other human interaction. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, if you already bought the land in Montana and you built the cabin and you hunt, fine. But let's not pretend he's going out there chopping down trees and going to build himself a cabin and make it. Like, that ain't what's happening, Like, right? Like, the guy's on the, he, dude, he's on, he's on the run. And so I've been like, well, what I think happened is the guy probably took his own life. We're talking about a wide search area, and they just haven't found the body yet. A lot of people made it about the swamp, and you know, he went in, the gators got him, and some of the experts are like, well, he wouldn't have made it out of there, but they do believe they would have found leftover remains. You know, I don't know. It depends how many gators are in there, I suppose. I don't know anything about alligators. You know, everything I learned about alligators, I learned from that Discovery Channel show, Gator People, or whatever the hell that was called, with Troy and all those other idiots. That show was actually wildly entertaining, but. Uh, everything I learned about an alligator, I learned from discovery channel. So like I learned, you know, nothing (laughs) essentially about that dog. The bounty hunter says, ah, now he's alive. And this is a guy who does this for a living. He believes he's alive. Now there is vested interest for dog. The bounty hunter to believe this man's alive. This keeps him front and center. And you got to remember, man, dog. The bounty hunter is still trying to wash off that N word talk. He's still trying to wash that off him. And, you know, and he was so dumb he doubled down on it and tried to tell you why it was all right he said it. Nuts. (laughs) Dude, like, that was nuts. And and so there's still a little of that with Dwayne, right? There's still a little bit of that. So Dwayne Dog Bounty Hunter apparently on Wednesday uh, did a private search, and he sent out a canine unit. Uh, Egmont Key off the coast of, uh, St. Petersburg, which is, uh, pretty close to where I used to vacation all the time when I was a kid. And, uh, a crew of four people carrying backpacks and other supplies left on boats with three canines. Chapman confirmed to Fox News that he hired the team for help in looking for laundry. A fugitive of a person of interest, we all know. And, uh, the dog and his team found no conclusive evidence that laundry was on Egmont Key by Wednesday evening. But he's still claiming, no, 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 I, 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 I think this guy's alive. Quote, we're out here at the island, Chapman said. This would be a cool and perfect spot for him to hide. Not too many people out here. Apparently, there's a pilot house out there, a ranger station, a lighthouse built around 1858. Mostly used as a wildlife refuge these days. The entire island, uh, island sorry, 500 or 450 acres, rather. It's about two miles southwest of uh, Fort DeSoto. And uh, they say it's an easy distance if you're, like, if you're a kayaker, if you had decent conditions you could kayak between those two places pretty easily i miss kayaking that's fun that's a fun activity uh there was speculation about landry uh maybe hiding off the coast of Desoto, where he and his parents went on a camping trip uh september 6th through the 8th there um that see again that seemed very strange we talked about this yesterday that you know law enforcement saying look if we find out they lied to us they're paying us it's two hundred thousand dollars a day is what it's what it's costing for the manhunt for this guy. Uh, up the other day, it was about $1.2 million. My guess is by the math is they got to be just under $2 million now. You know I mean, you're talking salaries there and you're talking, you know, a lot of different resources. There's a lot of different, you know, a lot of different things are going to add into that number. And I've been saying this. If Dog the Bounty Hunter finds this guy and the FBI doesn't, is this not, I'm sorry, a massive amount of egg on their face? Like the singer for Skinnard can get this done before the government agency. Like I just I don't I like that's gotta be. Hey, dude, this dumbass with the mullet that didn't know not to say the N-word is outsmarting us. Like, I'm sorry, man, but like that cannot be good. That cannot now, I know what most people are thinking, and you're not wrong about it. Who cares? They got the guy. We need to find the guy. Who cares who got him? Let's find him. Yes, 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 and yes. But the next time somebody goes missing, <laughs> aren't we going to be like, well, just get Dog on the case. And now, like, the, epi- the, you, the end road I'm driving to here is this. That shoots a massive hole in the credibility boat of the government agency, does it not? How would it not do that? I mean, people are already making the joke, if Dog the Bounty Hunter finds Brian Laundrie, I'm never paying taxes ever again. Now, that's obviously an extreme argument, and people are joking and trying to get a laugh out of something that's a little serious. Right. And I understand that. And I don't take issue with it. Do whatever you want. But there's a morsel of, it's actually a pretty decent point there, right? Like, there's actually a little bit of a morsel in there where it's like this guy, remember how big that TV show was, by the way? Good Lord. That show was massive. Like, people would get together at each other's homes to watch that. Which you could make the argument shows getting that big over absolutely no reality whatsoever is absolutely what ruined television and why less people are are, are driving to screens to watch certain things, although plenty of people are still watching television. The numbers bear it out. Plenty of people are still watching TV. But I don't think the quality of what's coming out is as good. And I think things getting as blown up and his show getting that big and things like that is is what kind of led to some of the, what the hell are we doing here? If this guy look, I want the guy found and I want him prosecuted and I want justice for the family. And however that happens, I'm going to be thankful for it. But if I worked for the th- this is what I'm saying. If I worked for the FBI and dog the bounty hunter found this guy and I didn't, I would have to hang my head in shame. I'm sorry, I would. Here's what's next on the Stansbury Show. We're gonna look at the correlation between anger and accusations. If somebody gets angry when they're accused. Are they automatically guilty? Maybe not. Next on The Stansbury Show. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Before the break, we were talking about how uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter on the hunt for Brian Laundry. He says, oh, no, this kid's alive. I believe he's alive. Now, they did search Egmont uh, Key. They did find, I guess, like a little bit of a campsite and a can of, what was this? Monster Energy Ultra Gold. I don't get down with a lot of the energy drinks. I don't. I, that's not my thing. And I, I, they always have that 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 weird aftertaste thing that I just don't like. Um, and uh, but Brian Laundry does look like a guy who drinks too much Monster. He does. He kind of looks like he has that look. Like, oh yeah, I bet, dude, give me give me these three Monster cans and two packs of Marbreds, right? Like, he definitely looks like one of those. Um, now they said the can is not faded nor is it rusted, so they think it's pretty new. No evidence it was him. Um, as of yet, now maybe this is too much. T- uh, maybe it's too much TV. But I mean, I gotta imagine we could figure this out. Although, do they have Brian Laundry's DNA? I don't know. I, uh, you know, I, I still maintain if Dog the Bounty Hunter finds this guy and the FBI doesn't, I think it's egg on the face of the government. I really do. Um, and I want to thank Levi, who's up early listening with us, who reminded me the show's not called Gator People Sansbury. It's Swamp People. As I was talking about how I learned everything about alligators from that show on Discovery Channel. And dude, Swamp People was awesome. It really was. Like that, like they literally hunt alligators in the swamps of like Louisiana for a living. Like that's how they get their food that, you know, they sell like, you know, the skins and all that or whatever. And it's, it's a very interesting show. It's, uh, and you need a translator, right? Some of that Cajun can be like, wait, what the hell is this dude talking about? But, like, it's, uh, but swamp people, I got to admit, that was one of those reality shows, man. For a hot minute, I was sucked all the way into that. All right. Anger and accusations. They go hand in hand. If you get accused of something, you're going to get angry about it. At least a lot of people would. And some people say, well, look, you're mad. Proves he did it. You're defensive because anger feels defensive. Is this really true, though? If somebody's anger angered, sorry, over an accusation, does that prove that they are guilty? So, researcher and professor Catherine DeCellis out of Toronto's Rotman School of Management says: in our studies, an angry response is stronger among the innocent than among the guilty. Now, I'm not surprised by that because I always say if I'm angry, 90% of the time, that is fear manifesting itself as rage. And so I would imagine that depending on the severity of accusation, if you accuse somebody of something and they are innocent, they are fearful that they are going to be found guilty or perceived to be guilty and a lot of accusations you don't got to be innocent or guilty you just got to be proven innocent or guilty in the court of public opinion and that's easy to make pe- people guilty in that one now easy so I, I don't think it's a stretch i'm not i don't i'm not surprised by that fact that if somebody's afraid of what they're being accused of and i added that in but i believe that's a, where a lot of that is going to come from It's true. It would definitely come that way for me. I've seen it in here. I've seen it in my career. When fear is built into something, all of a sudden now rage comes. Just how it works. It's not healthy. (laughs) Got to work some of that out, but it's a reality. I know that about myself, and I'm willing to bet that would be true of a lot of people accused of something they weren't not guilty of. They did six, six different experiments investigating the disconnect between how other people's angry responses to accusations are perceived versus how we tend to respond when we are falsely accused ourselves. In short, the investigation found that when it comes to assessing anger and guilt, human nature is hypocritical. You don't say. That you think you're above other things you don't think people can do? No. You don't? No way. Did we just find that out about human beings? No way. Of course we knew that. When subjects were falsely accused of something, they always reacted more emotionally and angrily than if the situation were true. When the tables were turned, however, participants judged others as guilty after even mild emotion outbursts followed the accusation. A different number of scenarios and accusations were presented to participants, ranging from a bank robbery to cheating on a spouse. Again, comedic bit here, but go back to Dave Chappelle's early stand-up. You want to watch a dude get angry? Accuse him of having sex with an ugly woman <laughs> that he didn't sleep with. You, dude, a guy will go to the... No! I ain't not touch her, man! Like, people... Dude, guys will go crazy over that. Now, you would think, right? He did it. Look at... Look at how far he's defending himself. You can make the argument that this is becoming less true as the years go on because of how much more judgment goes. We're judgment free zone, judgment free zone, judgment free zone. Really? Um, all social media is is the zone to judge literally everything and every and everybody and everything they've ever done. Judgment free zones. You guys are out of your goddamn minds. There's no such thing. There is no such thing as a judgment free zone. That is a it has a false term and set up to be like hey look these people are decent (laughs) that's not a real thing that is not a real thing so you see so you understand what's happening here right you get accused in the study of doing something you get angry about it you think that means you're innocent you watch the same activity out of another human being you don't know and go guilty you know why that is don't you because you don't trust other people you don't trust strangers And despite what you say all the time, you don't think most people are are out to help you. You don't think most people are good. You think most people are shady, even though you won't admit it out loud, because that makes it sound like you're a pessimist like that, you know, that idiot Stansberry. But that's what that is. You don't believe people because you have been let down by too many of them. (laughs) That's what that is. What else would that be? That's of course what that is. I can, no, no, I'm going to get angry, of course. I'm defending myself against a serious accusation. Well, then why couldn't that person do that? They say saying nothing at all in response to an accusation was actually judged as very guilty behavior as well. That's how people saw that. If like you weren't willing to say anything, "Ah, he's afraid he's going to slip up, afraid they're going to say too much, they're guilty. The truth is, you just think other people are guilty. You know why? Because you actually agree with me. You think most people are scumbags. (laughs) Like you do. It just makes you feel like a pessimist and like a downer. And so you're like, I don't know. People are good and I like humans. But you don't. (laughs) But you don't. And this kind of proves that. They say it's so hard because if you're falsely accused of something, of course you're going to be upset. It's natural. It's very difficult to be calm, especially if there are serious consequences waiting for you after the judgment's been made. So then why do we judge other people's emotions so differently than our own? They speculate, the researchers do, that each individual, of course, only has access to their own thoughts and experiences and in our own heads. Anger in response to a false accusation is then justified. When somebody else loses their cool, though, it's harder for you. You can't walk a mile in their shoes, essentially, is what they're saying. And that is human nature. No, no, I'm I'm good. I'm virtuous. I'm decent. I'm decent. But everybody else is the reason why this entire place is going to hell in a handbasket. Remember, we talked about this differently the other day. Two in three people think their 13-year-old is smarter today than they were at 13. I said, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because we're asking you about your children. But I said, walk out to the end of your driveway, look up and down your block, and, and answer the question differently. Do you believe the average 13-year-old in your neighborhood is smarter than you were at 13? The answer to that's going to be no. You're going to say no. These kids today are stupid, right? The answer to that's going to be no. Well, if everybody answers no, how are your kids smarter than you were when you were 13? Maybe they're not. Maybe you just love them so damn much that you can't take the blinders off. I mean, maybe that's what that is, right? Could be that. Now, a lot of you probably do have more well-informed kids than maybe we were asked to be when we were that age. That that is true. Some kids are going to be smarter than their parents were. I'm not sure I'd brag about it, but, <laughs> but but you know that that can be true. I don't buy the fact that if you get angry over an accusation, it automatically means you're guilty. I think it automatically makes you look a little guilty. But it's totally reasonable if there are serious consequences waiting for you on the other side, that if somebody accuses you of something, you're going to defend yourself to the end of the earth. That's, isn't that, that's just natural human behavior. But of course you don't see that in other people because you don't think very much of them. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. 9 a.m. this morning, what YouTube is doing with anti-vaccination commentary on their site. Some people happy. Some people worried about the repercussions of this. And we'll look into it around 9 a.m. this morning. I was talking the other morning about guilty pleasures musically and Dave Grohl once upon a time. And I like his outlook on this. Not that I agree with him on everything, but I I, I agree with his outlook on this, that there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure musically. If you like it, you like it in continuing this guilty pleasure thing is what builds the space for people to just like hate stuff because what you're doing there is, is I'm not willing to stand up and tell my friends, this is cool. I like it. You should probably like this too. It's guilty pleasure. Don't want to be made fun of. I'm so much an individual. I'm so worried what everybody thinks about my tastes and I tend to agree with them there. Okay. But under the guise of what we call guilty pleasures, one of my guilty pleasure bands, I suppose, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be one as I wait for my system to recycle and be, make it possible for me to do what it is I'm trying to do in here right now. Um, one of those bands would be Limp Biscuit. Now they are the, they are polarizing the biscuit is. Um, I want to say you either love them or hate them, but the truth is is I don't necessarily love them, but I do like them. And I'm not surprised because I am, and I've always said this, I've always been very honest about this. You were as likely to hear Public Enemy and NWA coming out of my bedroom as you were Iron Maiden and Slayer. Like, that's totally true. That's who I am as a person. You were as likely to hear Wu-Tang as you were Wasp. It's just who I am as a person, right? And so Limp Biscuit is kind of that's all that kind of stuff thrown into one thing, right? I mean Yeah, it's kind of what it is. I mean, not a whole lot of slayer in there, but you take the point. Rap rock, new metal, I don't know what to call these dudes. I rap first of all, there's no musical term that was ever brought out by affection. Meaning, heavy metal wasn't meant to sound cool or good. Bands took it, picked it up, used it as a badge of honor, and we turned it. They turned it into something good. We, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> and new metal wasn't meant to be like a, a cool term. It was like, nah, dude, this is new metal, and it sucks. And like that's what people were saying. Rap rock sounds like you're trying to be like, ah, eh, get out of here with you want to be rappers. That's the way that sound. That does not sound like a term of affection to me at all. There's never been one. Usually, those terms come out from people being in opposition to what it is you're doing. I, for some reason, have just kind of always been in on Limp Biscuit, going all the way back to, yeah. I mean, it's a great cover of Faith. This is a damn good cover. Now, I say all this because Limp Biscuit was going out on tour, and they've canceled those dates because of COVID. Fred came out and said what a lot of people are saying, look, dude, it's just too dangerous of a time and we're not dealing with all this and like, eh, we're just going to wait until we're in a safer time, right? And you know, that's their prerogative and I don't necessarily care one way or the other there. But they are back with a new song. I have just I have the entire song. You can see this at Stansbury show on Facebook, but I do have just a snippet that I'm going to play for you now and I was like, dude, this is way better than I expected 2021 Limp Biscuit to be. Damn, this dead like the river. So cold need ice to deliver drop so hard like a rock dad don't start so damn clean here mom sugar cane down with the main That's so sweet that it's can candy y'all been gone for a minute that vibe bounce to the finish i can get with that can't live with them can't live with this had leaked a little while ago like about a week week and a half ago maybe even a little longer but the quality wasn't very good they've officially put out like a pretty decent quality version New check out the rest of dad vibes new from Limp Biscuit at Sandsbury Show on Facebook 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9 Eric up early listening at Sandsbury Show on Facebook says dude you're teasing me with this Limp Biscuit. you gotta give us some alright I'll give you some Limp Biscuit next I will I should have done that you're right I should have done that I don't think the boss man's here today we'd probably get away with it. breaking his format they always say quit messing with my log don't break my format it's like the big PD shtick they give you He's just going to have to take it today. (laughs) I feel like going rogue. I feel like going way more rogue than that. Today's one of those, "Um, here's my key card, my access card, and uh, I don't think I'm coming here next week. Today's kind of one of those. But let's not necessarily do that. It's not how it, that's not how I feel overall. I was just telling somebody that last night. I'm like, dude, I'm burnt out for sure. I need a vacation for sure. Um, and, and it does. It has me going, dude. You know what? Suck it. I, I I just want to be done. But like, I know I don't feel like that overall. You know what I mean, so like, I'm trying to rein it in, and, and i have been trying to do that over the last couple of days. I gotta be honest with you. It hasn't been real easy. <laughs> it hasn't. I I've, I've you know some of that old. You know, I just want to light my life on fire and see what happens. That's been that's been creeping back in just a bit. All right yesterday we let you know lebron has now been vaccinated for any of you that may have missed that audio i'm sorry about that mic there i gotta stretch out like i need lebron's wingspan actually to, to handle all my equipment in here because of how poorly the design is but let's take a listen to what lebron had to say about his vaccination
0: um, but after doing my research and things of that nature i felt like it was best suited for not only me but for my family and for my friends and uh you know and that's why i decided to do it so but as far as i, I, I don't You guys should know me. Anything that I talk about, I don't talk about other people and and what they should do. Um, I speak for me. uh,
1: Vote for Hillary. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm going to get out here and campaign for this candidate. Vote for Hillary.
0: Um, And for my family. And, uh, you know, that's what it's about. I did for me and my family. Um, I know some of my friends and what they did for their families. But as far as speaking for everybody and their individualities and things that they want to do, I don't feel like that's that's not my job.
1: Yeah, don't yell at me if people don't get vaccinated. I'm not a leader. Come talk to me again when there's another social issue I do want to give my opinion on, and then I'll be a leader again. All right. Not sure that's how leadership works, but okay. Right? So that's what LeBron had to say about getting vaccinated. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has said, any player that's not vaccinated should come off the team. Now, Kyrie Irving couldn't go to media day because he hasn't been vaccinated. And according to their protocols, like, you can't go into the building. Now, this is going to get sticky here because the NBA is not requiring their players to be vaccinated. They're not. And the reason is, is because they have a players union and they can't come up to an agreement. Everybody else that works in the arena, the coaches, the, 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 the staffs, everybody, you have to do it. Except for the people everybody's going to the arena to see. Because they have a union and they can't figure out how to come to an agreement. Which I think looks bad on the union. If your message is everybody should be doing this, and this is what's better for the safety of everybody, then find a way to get on the same page and figure out how to get your players 100% vaccinated. 90% plus, I'll grant you. Fine. This looks bad on the union. Looks bad on somebody here. Most serious thing ever. You're the one spreading it. This and that. Dude, get him vaccinated. What the hell are we talking about? So the coach standing next to him has to be... That kind of stuff makes no sense. But Kyrie couldn't go to media day. This is true in California, too. So why do you think LeBron got his vaccination? Because he wants to go in the building. Now... A lot of people yesterday said to me, oh, I don't believe LeBron's been vaccinated. I believe he's lying about being vaccinated, and he's probably been given a card that says he's vaccinated, but he didn't just decide to do it. It's, now I'm going to lie, say I did this, and the NBA is going to let me. I got to tell you, that is a pessimistic view. A lot of people said that to me yesterday. That is a pessimistic view is what a lot of people told me. Or no, that's what I said about that view, because I'm normally a pessimist. And I, I didn't even stumble across it. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess, I, I guess maybe that could be something that happened. I don't know if it is or not. Do I think Adam Silver would absolutely let LeBron skate on this and just say he did it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could barely say yes about it. I'm laughing because, of course, I do. Adam Silver has shown us, has proven to us time and time again, commissioner of the NBA for those unaware, he has proven to us time and time again he is deathly afraid of them players. He wants to be their friend. He's the parent that can't lay down the law so their kids are flinging food at Applebee's. That's who Adam Silver is. The players are running this league. That's, and that's why, that's why most of you don't want to watch it anymore. They can deny it all they want. That's what's happening there. And so this is going to get interesting. As now the NBA has said, if you cannot Playing a game, if you are forced to miss games due to the executive orders governing governing vaccination requirements in both New York and San Francisco, you will not be paid for any games you miss. And everybody can stand up for for what they believe in. Until it comes down to that bread, (laughs) then everybody starts compromising who they are. Marcellus Wiley says it best. Life is like a sandwich. Bread comes first. And it's true. And that's true. Any player who elects, quote, any player who elects not to comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for games that he misses. That's Mike Bass, the NBA's executive vice president of communications, released in a statement Wednesday morning. Both cities, New York and San Francisco, passed executive orders in recent weeks that could affect the Brooklyn Nets and Golden State Warriors. The order in New York, which applies to the Barclays Center, requires COVID-19 shot. To enter San Francisco's Chase Center, a person must be fully vaccinated. Brooklyn Net star Kyrie Irving was not on the team's media day at the Barclays Center on Monday as a result of the order in New York, which went into effect earlier this month. During the Warriors media day, Andre, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew Wiggins said his vaccination status was private ahead of that order going into effect next month before the start of the regular season. Meaning, I am not vaccinated. I was making this claim yesterday. I believe if you are vaccinated, you are not going to say uh, that's a private matter. I believe people who maybe I'm wrong here and there's speculation and God knows I can be wrong with my opinion. But I believe if you are vaccinated that you believe in the vaccination, you believe it will bring the end of the pandemic sooner and you will thus then want other people to get vaccinated. I don't think that's that. That to me sounds like two and two equaling four. Where I think if you are a little bit more hesitant to get the vaccine, you are going to tell people "Ah, it's kind of a private matter, which I then through the math I just laid out that to me equals you didn't get vaccinated, which at that point, why won't you just tell people I didn't I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to stop the onslaught in the smear campaign and all this other stuff and all the name calling that comes with it. But I don't think sitting idly by and not saying one way or the other does that. I think it only invites more of that in. I could be wrong there. It is just my estimation. Now, most people don't care about Andrew Wiggins, so they don't really care what he did. That's another thing of this. Let's talk about that a little bit. We care when LeBron does something. We care when KD does something. We care when James Harden does something. We care when Kyrie Irving does something. You don't care when CJ McCollum does something. And yeah, I used a local kid's name to drive home the point. CJ's a damn fine player. But he's not an NBA superstar, and we all already know that. He's a damn fine player. He's a $100 million man. Fine. But he's not going to move the needle on an opinion on this one way or the other. He's just not. We'll pay attention. And that's what we want. Our stars better do this. Our, our, our leadership better do this. When I'm not sure most of America cares about the bench players. Now, Here's what I do believe America cares about. Well, if I'm going to be required to get it, the dude who's making 10 times my salary every quarter better be required to get it. I'm not sure that actually shakes out, but I can understand how people got there. I can understand how people come to that conclusion. Not all NBA players are signing up, by the way. There's an Orlando Magic player, Jonathan Isaac, says, Not so fast. little hesitant here, and I have the audio from Jonathan from himself. I'll play it for you next on The Sandsbury Show. Welcome back to The Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Man, I hadn't heard my way in a while, and that could be the anthem of my life right now. Man, do I feel like leaving her ass. That's true. Probably won't, but feel like it today. Before the break, we were talking about the NBA laying, uh, the, well, the SmackDown on unvaccinated players, if you have to miss time due to some of these mandates like San Francisco and uh, New York, sorry, like the Barclays Center in New York, and I think it's the Chase Center in San Francisco, if you can't play in that game because of the mandates there, meaning you have to be vaccinated, um, and now the league's not requiring the vaccination, but those places will. Kyrie couldn't go to media day. And Andrew Wiggins was only able to be at media day for the Warriors, uh, because that doesn't go into effect there in San Francisco, I think, till early next month. And we were talking about that, and I, and I said, I think this is a bad look here. Y- you got the league and their PR department talking about how this is the most important thing we can do to protect everybody, and then you don't have a deal done with the union about your players. And somebody said, well, how's that a bad look, dude? That's what unions are supposed to do. They're supposed to protect us. Okay, don't. I'm not necessarily looking to pin... Blame on the union, but you do yourself no favors as a league. If you're out there as the mouthpiece talking about how we have to be take this more seriously than anybody else is. I'll remind everybody, the NBA was the league that came off playing first and you want to be a leader in this and this to the, to your audience is going to come off as mixed messaging. That's what I mean. That's what makes it a bad look. Not that unions trying to protect their employees is ultimately always bad. That's not, I did not mean to say that. Um, I have never worked a union job. I have very little experience in that. Um, I have worked with people who have worked at union radio stations. There are some fewer than ever before, um, but there were some, and a buddy of mine worked at one for a long time. and He said it was the best job he ever had. They would literally tap you on the shoulder at the end of the week and be like, dude, you gotta get out of here. You're not allowed to be here anymore. Well, we were having blood come from our eyes, you know, basically sleeping on the, lou- uh, on the couches and the lounge areas of the radio stations because if we went home, we weren't dedicated. And so, like, I could see that. I don't necessarily want to go down the whole union rabbit hole. I don't, truthfully, I don't know enough about it. I, like I said, I've never worked a union job ever. Never had one. All right. So. I also said, you know, a lot of these players. One of these players, you know, Andrew Wiggins said, "Well, my, you know, my vaccination status is private." And I made the claim, and I, I said, "Look, I'm, I'm going to speculate here that that if you're unwilling to talk about your vaccination status, I believe that means that you're unvaccinated, right? Because if you're vaccinated, you kind of you think it's going to help. You think this will bring the end of the pandemic. And this is I'm just laying out my thought process, right? And that you would then want to then be a I don't know, like a, a shepherd of other people, you know, taking them where we should be going. Right. And a woman wrote in, she goes, all right, I can hear that, but you're wrong about me. She's like, I'm vaccinated and I hate talking about it. So because like, I'm just so sick of being inundated with everybody's conversations or opinions on it either way. Okay. And I can get that. And I'm sure that that happens. I'm just curious though, is like, does that stop? the conversations from happening. Like I would think being cagey about it is only welcoming in more of the conversation from both sides there. Cause then both sides are attacking you for like, dude, either stand up for us or stand up for us. And again, I said, I was like, that's a lot of speculation from me there. It's not that I'm, that I'm ultimately right about it. It's just how I felt about it. Right. Um, I think it's gotten to the point where if you say it's a personal decision, people are going to be very presumptive over what that means. And isn't that what I'm doing? I'm being pretty presumptive over what it means, whether or not you will say it or not. And I don't think I'm alone there. Meaning I think most people you encounter are going to view it that way. Right or wrong. Right or wrong. Just because I assume something doesn't mean it's accurate about somebody. But it is going to be assumed about you. And so I, you know, but again, this one woman's message does it kind of flies in the face of that. Now, one NBA player more, but one NBA, they say 90% of this. I'm pulling the number from three days ago. 90, I think it was 90 to 91% of the players in the NBA had been vaccinated. So we're talking about 10%, maybe 9 nine, 10% of players that are, are not vaccinated. That's another reason why it's like, dude, why can't the union get it in agreement here? Dude, if we're talking about 10% of players, there's a way to figure this out. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe, maybe I'm making something difficult way too easy. Jonathan Isaac plays for the Orlando Magic. In the media, you can hear this. They kind of were trying to bait him into something. And here's, what, here's the exchange. This is what he said about his hesitation on getting the COVID vaccine.
0: Jonathan, Josh Robbins with The Athletic. Uh, what is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I I would start with um, I've I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, uh, changed a a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies, um, with my current um, age group and a uh, uh, fitness physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine.
1: Okay, but like the pushback will be, and there was absolutely none from the media room. Surprise! Um, we're just looking for the pull quote, man. We're not looking to get to the bottom of what's right and wrong here. We just need the pull quote, Holmes. And uh, but the pushback from inside your own league and your own players, and some of them would be, dude. Plenty of us have had COVID, and yet we decided to go get the vaccination after this. Like that, that's, that's not again, it, trying to stand alone there in a league full of people who have been vaccinated. Uh, I'm not sure the league's going to let you get by on that one. Uh,
0: taking the vaccine. Um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of, uh, uh having a re- severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or without not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do.
1: Um, I want to hear this again. Hold on one second. Sorry about
0: that. To say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being
1: demeaned or... um... Well, like a lot of people don't believe that, okay? That it should be your choice. And you hear this a lot. I live in a free country. But no, you don't. We misunderstand freedom. And your freedom is restricted at a thousand different places. More. A truly free person could walk into your house tonight grab a beer out of your fridge and sit down next to you and watch tv but they can't there's rules and laws against that and you're happy about that right that's restricting of somebody's freedom your freedom gets restricted in a million like like pretending this is the the one place that this is a bridge too far and like this is like my point is, this ain't the first freedom they took. Like, I mean, come on now. Like, there's, there's there've been millions. of these. We are not free. I say it all the time. Did you set that alarm clock last night because of how free, <laughs> of how free you were? <laughs> okay. Okay. No, Holmes. What happened here is we were sold the illusion of freedom, so we stay in line. That's what it is. Hey, man, you're allowed to do what you want. You're allowed to buy what you want because that's what they want us doing. And, like, at the end of the day, we've been sold the illusion of freedom. You are not free, dog. Yes, you can talk trash about the government and not be thrown in jail. Okay. All right. But you have been controlled every day of your life since you slipped out of the womb now. (laughs) Like, that's just how it goes. That's just, now, is that a reason just to fold your arms and go, okay, well, I just do whatever you want? No. No, I don't mean to say that. It's just, you know, I think a lot of times we screw up what the First Amendment means. That guy got fired because he said that. What about free speech? Well, free speech doesn't have anything to do with that. It is you had the the guy said it. He had he said it. Nobody stopped him from saying it. There is it's just there will be repercussions of things you've said. You're not in jail because you said it. You may have lost your job. Didn't go to jail for it. And by the way, you said it. You know how I know? Because we're all talking about the fact that you said it and are talking about whether or not you should be canceled for it. So you had the freedom to say it. You not have the freedom to get away scot-free by saying it.
0: Talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do.
1: I would agree with that, that there is a little, like, if somebody admits that they're hesitant, it's automatically the, the dumbest person alive, and now you're screaming at them. That is not going to win people over. By the way, a little Trumpian, though. <laughs> what did he just say about me? <laughs> But like, it is, right? What, do you disagree with me? Fake news. Now I'm going to scream about how you're dummy. I mean, it's a little Trumpian.
0: Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision and, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or... Uh, moving the same way that you do it's it 's uh, uh you know loving those who don
1: 't yeah, all right, but if my neighbor 's a pedophile i 'm not going to love him either, and so like you know that whole they, they, what that is and that, those two things don 't necessarily equate, and I understand that, but what i 'm saying there is is that he just used a broad statement to make people to make people go oh enlightenment, and it 's like nah dude, like there 's plenty of reasons you not th- th- that you don 't like your neighbor, and there are plenty of real and virtuous reasons to not like the person who lives at the end of your street. Now, sometimes you're just an evil, bitter person who just doesn't like anybody hand raised. That's me. But like most times, that's not going to be the scenario. Right. And I would agree that screaming at people and belittling them is not a way to get them on your side. It will. That will never be the way. Somebody else wrote this into me earlier and said, dude, I'm not anti-vaccine. But I will not get this one and he has a reason why and I think a lot of you probably have this so I want to examine that next on Rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9 Get a new look or a first look I guess Listen as well to Limp Bizkit's dad vibes at Sansbury Show on Facebook Damn this dad like the river flow so cold need ice to deliver Drop so hard like a rock Dad don't stop. So damn clean he a mop Grab the rest of that at Sansbury Show on Facebook. We've been talking about the NBA um, laying the hammer down on unvaccinated players. If you're unable to go into San Francisco and play due to the mandates, in New York City as well, and you missed that game, you ain't getting your check. We ain't paying you. Now, empty threat if you ask me. A little bit of an empty threat there. Most NBA players, okay, again, local kid made good, CJ McCollum. Damn good basketball player. Damn good role player on a good team. Damn good. That's a $100 million man. He ain't LeBron. Let's be honest, he's not James Harden. Might not even be Zion, right? $100 million man. I shouldn't make this about this kid because I'm pretty sure he's vaccinated. But you don't think a guy like that in the NBA can skip a game check? Come on. They should be able to. Now, a lot of these guys don't spend their money right and, you know, they, you know, they're wasting it doing this and doing that. Welcome to young guys doing young guy things. But, you know, whatever, they should be able to miss the check. That's not the same thing as you not being able to make your living. As a matter of fact, I would have thought that was going to make more NBA guys go, Oh, really? And like dig their heels in because they can withstand it. A new study that came out and I, We'll probably talk about this tomorrow. I have not read the entire thing and digested the entire thing, but, this, but the summation of what I did read through it this morning was this, and I predicted this, and it turns out I was right, that people will say over and over and over again, I will quit this job if I'm required to get the COVID-19 vaccination. Turns out when they're act, when push comes to shove, that's not true, that most people end up not quitting that job. And we, of course, know that's true. You know why? Because every year, three times a year, I have to do the study that tells us most people in America don't have $4,000 in their bank account to cover an emergency. And I have said this over and over again, that if you don't have $4,000, you're not quitting your job. Now, maybe you could make the argument that if you don't have $4,000, you're like, well, I'm not even making enough money. I don't even have four grand. I might as well quit this job. Uh, Okay. All right. That person exists too, right? I am broad stroking there, right? I am broad stroking it there. All right. Somebody I know that listens to the program a lot. Said, I'm sick of being called anti-vaccine. I said, okay. I said, well, you know, and, and at first I thought he was like saying that's what I, I said, well, dude, I'm not really, he said, no, 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 not you. He's like, just in general. I said, okay, well, how would you prefer to be referred to? Like, what's the problem with being called anti-vaccine? He's like, well, I'm vaccinated against all the other things, right? And he's like, it's not that I'm anti-vaccine. He said, but I believe a lot of people are on my side of this, meaning we're, what we really are is anti-government. He's like, and the harder they push, the more suspicious it makes me. The harder you push, the more I am curious. Why you got to push this so hard? Now, the pro-vaccination people hearing me say lay that argument out are going to say what? Well, we have to push so hard because you're resistant. But we could we could ping-pong ball that conversation back and forth across the table a hundred times more. We're pushing so hard because you're resistant. I'm resistant because you're pushing so hard. We're pushing so hard because you're resistant. I'm resisting so hard because you're pushing it. Y- you see what I'm saying? Like that, there's the conversations in this country stop at the thirty-second mark. As long as you give people that ten to thirty second pull quote, this is what I think. Boom, move on. Push come the shove, pro and anti people, their arguments start to get real flimsy once you start having it long form. Because really, I think we we just adopt things we hope are true. And look, this <laughs> this is so tricky because of how contentious it is, but. I think that's what happens there. I am what I think a lot of people would consider to be anti-government. But I recognize the need for a government. Anti-government doesn't mean give me none, at least not in my view. What it means is we need one of these guys, meaning government. I just don't think we maybe need it as much as the government's constantly telling me we need it mean, meaning I don't need it in every aspect of my life and that I would like a little less boot on my throat. Let me earn. Let me do this right. There's some of that, but I recognize the need to have an organization like that. I recognize my question to people who tell me they're anti-government and that's why they won't do it. And again, I'm not being accusatory here is Are you anti-government or are you anti-this side of the government? Because I think those are separate things. Those are different things. I saw a lot of that early on in the vaccine. Well, if he told me to get it, I was going to get it now. I don't trust these people over here. It's like, well, that, I don't know if that shakes out for me. I also know this, how you want to be referred to isn't going to come up in the conversation. They're going to call you anti-vaccine because, well, you're refusing to get the vaccination. So technically, it's correct. Technically, it's correct. And yes, let's not hide or dismiss this angle either. There is shame built into that statement. For sure, there is. And what they're going to say is, we tried pleading. We tried bribing. We tried everything else. Shame is next on our list until we get you where we want you. That's what that's going to be the argument. So I don't think anti-vaccine is going to be one of those things. You're going to stop hearing about you. If you don't want the vaccination. Again, I want everybody to understand that I am in no way coming down on the side of this. I'm just laying it all out, telling you what I'm seeing on both sides and having the conversation. I am not preaching to anybody there. I have to say that because that's the way people feel about this subject. You know, this isn't like a guy getting caught masturbating in a public restroom. This is like real life stuff. You know what I mean? And so when you do that, you have to be careful. You do have to be a little bit careful. But I don't think you're going to hear anti-vaccination stop because again, you're right. They are, are well, they're trying to shame me. You're right. <laughs> there is a little shame built into that. For sure there is. 9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at wrqk.com. Limp Biscuit fans get to look at their new single. Dad vibes at Stansbury show on Facebook. All right. One of the big stories yesterday was YouTube announcing they're going to block all anti-vaccine commentary. Let's let's take a look at this from Reuters. YouTube will block all anti-vaccine content moving beyond just the ban on false information about the COVID-19 vaccines to include content that contains misinformation about other approved vaccinations. This was put out yesterday. Examples of content that won't be allowed on YouTube include claims that the flu vaccine causes infertility and that the MMR shot, which protects against measles, mumps, and rubella, can cause autism, according to YouTube's policies. And again, that was like a big thing for a while, is that these, um, uh, that, that vaccinations cause autism, been proven over a thousand times not true. Um, now, what's interesting about that and scary is a another study just came out like this last week that says oh we've seen a massive rise in autism over the last 20 years and i thought oh god this is the worst time in the world to put that out what are you doing because what people are going to be like see vaccines are bad and there's a rise in the correlation and it's like nah dude what what's happening there is is we're getting better at diagnosing autism And we're getting better at diagnosing all of these issues that are on the spectrum. And so, yes, more people are going to be in it. Back in the day, it was just your loony cousin because that's how bad we were at things. It's not the vaccines creating more autism. It's we're getting better at diagnosing that is is what I believe is happening there. Maybe I'm going to end up looking really foolish and wrong in the end. I doubt it. And so that's a tricky thing, right? And, um, and so I could understand, okay, like let's not misinformation can be scary and probably lead to, you know, um, some other problems in society. The online video company is also banning channels associated with several prominent anti vaccine activists, including Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Joseph Mercola, a YouTube spokesperson had said. A press email from Mercola's website said in a statement, uh, quote, we are united across the world. We will not live in fear. We will stand together, restore our freedoms. Uh, uh, Kennedy Jr. did not immediately respond to requests for comment there. The move comes as YouTube and other tech giants like Facebook, also Twitter, have been criticized for not doing enough to stop the spread of false health information on their sites. Even as YouTube takes a tougher stance on misinformation, it faces backlash around the world. Apparently, Tuesday, on Tuesday, a Russian state-backed broadcaster um, uh, retweets a German language channel's were uh, were also then deleted from YouTube as the company said the channels had breached its COVID nineteen misinformation policy. Russia on Wednesday called the move unprecedented information aggression and threatened to block YouTube. <laughs> um, oof! All right, sticky wicket. I understand that misinformation can lead to other problems. I won't deny that. I also don't understand why it's their responsibility. I don't get it. This is laying a lot of responsibility at the feet of these people. Because... You're asking them, act responsibly, right? That, that, that's what we're saying there. Okay, well, under that umbrella, you know, I got children and this YouTube thing lets this, 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 this. act responsibly. That's censorship. But because, by and large, Uh, Most people kind of agree, oh, no, no, stop doing this so we can get past this. We won't view that as censorship. I don't worry about them doing this with this particular issue. But I do worry what comes down the road after it. Let's also not pretend YouTube's going to get this 100% right. Also, what's misinformation? We have seen science change over time on covid multiple times this mask works no it doesn't you're better wearing this one actually the new data that just came out this last week new study says three triple protection is the best you can do so who's deciding if it's misinformation or not why is that not in this here's what we've done here at youtube we're taking it so seriously we're going to get a panel of experts And they're going to handle just this for us at YouTube. Or is it another department at YouTube that's overworked. Who now this gets thrusted on their plate. Figure this out. Build the algorithm. Anytime you see this word, just delete it. They're going to get this right. I don't know about that. We also never worried about the National Enquirer turning my neighbor into an idiot who believed Elvis was still there. That wasn't the responsibility of the publication. It was on the consumer to to be able to discern this, to figure this out. I believe when you stop requiring things from people, you will get less from them. This sounds virtuous. I'm not so sure it is. And I worry about what comes down the road. Are they going to come back out and be like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. We were wrong about these 1,500 posts. By the way, there is some truth in this. Mm, I don't know about that one. (laughs) That doesn't necessarily sound like what they're going to do. That I worry about. I do. I can understand the desire to be a good corporate citizen. I get it. I get it. I don't think that's what you're going to end up becoming here. Very rarely has more power grabbed turned into more responsibility. I, this is going to get messier before it gets easier. It's so strange, man. Because like five years ago, we were all trying to get everybody on board, but the vaccinations were nothing to be afraid of in in the world of autism. Meaning that's not what's doing this. And now, plenty of people on that side who were looking at anti remember, dude, anybody anti-vax was insane. That's less than five years old, baby. Less than five. They were insane. You didn't want to live near them. You didn't want your kids in kindergarten with them. They thought they were nuts. They always looked like they didn't wash their hair enough. They just looked crazy. And now like a ton of people who weren't in that group before are in that group now. And I have said from the beginning, I think those same people would have been more hesitant on some of those other, you know, people say, well, what about chicken pie? What about this? What about that? It's like, yeah, dude, but they weren't the canary in the coal mine on that though. Like, let's not act like everybody who got those vaccinations were first in line for those because they weren't. They weren't even alive when they came out. And that's why they feel a little bit more comfortable. Oh, I watched about 10,000 people go through that building. They all came out. They're all fine. I'm good. What people are some, some, some are worried about right now is being like on the first run of this. That has them a little freaked out. I don't think that's necessarily unrealistic to be a little concerned by that. Would it stop me? No. Should, do I think it should stop most people? No. Do I think it's reasonable and a little bit responsible to go, well, wait a minute, hold on here. What's going on? Let me take a look at this. Hold on. No, I don't think that's unreasonable. But pretending that the tech giants are going to get this absolutely right is hysterical, and pretending that they're not going to use this down the road to get rid of some other things, you're nuts. I would be way less trusting of information, by the way, if everything I see is only saying the same thing. That's when I would be suspicious I was seeing misinformation. At least discerning opinion, I can dive in as a reasonably intelligent person. I understand not everybody is, but as a reasonably intelligent person can go, okay, well, that makes sense, but that's absolutely insane. He's got a good point here. What are you nuts? You got to get on this side over here that I can do. But everybody thinks they're a decent critical thinker. Everybody thinks they are. Just so you understand, everybody is going to pose, oh, what happened to critical thinking skills? Close your eyes and list the 10 critical thinkers you know. You ain't going to get to 10, is you? Thank you. That's, that's what people are saying is like, dude, maybe you're not as good of a critical thinker as you think you are, right? Like that's, that can be possible. That could be true of me. This feels like something that's going to, like most things people do out of the protection of you. This feels very much like something that starts good and goes terribly wrong in application. 06-9. Oh, Welcome back to the Sans Ray Show. Get a look at Limp Biscuit's new video, lyric video, and check out the new song, Dad Vibes, at Sans Ray Show on Facebook. I'm a Limp Biscuit fan. I like those dudes, always have. Uh, before the break, we had been talking about YouTube saying, look, we're going to ban all vaccine misinformation, not just misinformation on the COVID-19 vaccination. I was like, well, that's a sticky wicket. Like, who, who's the governing body there? Are we getting medical experts in there to figure out what's misinformation or not? Or are we just going to trust, like, somebody who works at YouTube? That seems like that seems weird to me. Right. And uh, sorry there. And uh, Sarah says, look, I just want to comment on the last segment. Censoring vaccine misinformation on social media platforms, in my opinion, is governmental overreach to control everything. Well, I'm not, YouTube's not governmental, but okay. All right. I, I see what you're saying there. She goes, it's becoming more and more scary when the government is streamlining the only information available. People who haven't gotten the vaccine by now don't want it. The more it's pushed, the more resistance you'll get. The more resistance, the more mandates will be pushed. It's becoming a cycle. Oh, look at that pushing it to create more resistance so look we have to mandate because look how much resistance we have man i thought i was i thought i was a skeptic Huh? Eh, not the craziest thing i've ever heard it isn't um i've heard plenty of crazy things in my life um misinformation is a weird term what's parody that would be misinformation would it not So if SNL does a skit and they're not 100% factual on the COVID information or Jimmy Kimmel, since he likes, you know, doing this all the time, if he missteps a little banned. what do we do with parody? Because some of these people creating these videos could say, well, dude, that's a parody. Like I'm, I'm, I'm mocking this. We know they're not, but. You, you could argue it that way. So what do you do with parody there? Sticky. You know, another thing I've been thinking about over the last, you know, a while, honestly, and I mean a while. And before the break, remember I said, I was like, dude, it was like five years ago. Anybody anti-vax was like public enemy number one. You thought they were nuts. What do you mean? You're not going to get your kid that. What, what, what do you mean? Now, remember, like the anti vaxers back in the day, it was like, um, dude, can you wash your hair once this month? Like they were, it was those people (laughs) like that. That's who it was. And their spokesperson was who? Jenny McCarthy. And I was re-binging and I don't know why, because it's not any good, but two and a half men. And she's in that show early. She plays a hot grifting hustler, (laughs) you know, Jenny McCarthy. And she was very vocal on vaccines and autism. People stopped getting their kids vaccinations. They started to get sick. She had to walk a lot of that back since then. But she's got to be beside herself right now, right? Like she has to be walking around going, where the hell were all you people when I needed you? Not that she was right. I don't believe she was, but she's got to be beside herself. And why is nobody asking her what she thinks anymore? Hey, go get that broad from MTV and see if she feels like being smart about medicine again. <laughs> like, why is nobody doing that? Hey, Jenny McCarthy, now that, the, now that half the country is anti-vaccine, do you feel vindicated? Where is that? She's got to be sick to her stomach by what she's seeing now. Now, somebody reminded me, and I didn't know this, bro, she ain't going to say nothing about this now. Because you're right, she did have to pipe down. She did have to walk a lot of that back, and she back on TV right now. She's not going to ruin that gig. And I was like, she is. She's on TV. I didn't know that. And apparently, she's on one of those singer shows. It was it the, the Mask Singer? Is that where bananas sing songs? And we have to figure out who it is. Good grief. <laughs> Good grief. You want to talk about the dumbing down of America? You're worried about people's intelligence levels and what they see? See what I'm saying? That's a slippery slope. You mean watching hours of that? A week? The voice, this and that, that doesn't that that doesn't erode our intelligence levels? Long enough timeline. You see, that's where that gets tricky. And I've never understood why. The National Enquirer wasn't responsible for my aunt being stupid and thinking that Elvis was still alive. My, It was just your family members, a dummy, who believes that. Why can't we use that model now? I know what the easy answer is, is because believing in Elvis doesn't affect me, you not getting a vaccination does. Okay, Let's not pretend that if you get rid of that vaccine, those vaccine videos that they believe that might not be true is going to then turn them into a believer. You're only going to reinforce their hesitation by not giving them what what you're doing there is, is giving them reason. Not that they'd be right, but you're giving them reason to say, see, they're afraid of us. They're afraid of the truth. They don't want to coming out. They're trying to scare you. Shutting it down because of how true it is. I remember hearing about this with the aliens and everything else. And uh, you always see these YouTube videos. The video nobody wants you to see. And then you look. Posted six years ago. What the hell are we talking about? If nobody wanted me to see it, what the hell's it been on YouTube for six years for? What the hell? All that stuff makes no sense. But you're only going... I don't believe what you're about to do here is going to get what you want. Or are we finding out what it is you actually want? You're not trying to win these people over. You just don't want to be dragged, i.e. YouTube, for being the, the reason people aren't doing this. You know, they found out just the other day. We'll touch on this a little tomorrow on the program. They found out the other day, like some of the top religious Facebook groups in the country were run by like hackers In foreign governmental agencies to create and sow division in this country. Uh, They did it. So, like, how far are we going with misinformation here? At some point, it's on us to figure out what's real and what's not. Not everybody's going to be able to do that. I didn't put 8 billion people here. Y'all did. Time to hold up that mirror now. Here you go. Guess who's to blame for that? It ain't the guy with no kids, I'll tell you that. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Nearing the end of it. Got a lot done today. Talked about anger and accusations. You know, the theory is you accuse somebody of something and they get angry. That's all that. You're defensive. Guilty. Not always. We found that out this morning. Also, Dog the Bounty Hunter says, oh, I'm getting closer. Brian Laundry, he's alive. I'm getting closer. I still maintain he finds him and FBI doesn't. Egg on the government <laughs> agency there. That's egg on the face there. I, I just, I don't know how it wouldn't be. Now, I know the public doesn't really care. Just get the guy. Let's bring him to justice and let's let, you know, Gabby Petito's family move forward, right? I understand that. But once the, the dust settles of that, if you're working on the FBI and you're on the manhunt and, you know, the lead singer of Skinner finds him and you don't, I think, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, "Ah, eh, that's probably not the best there. Also let you know that the NBA is going to take game checks away from guys who cannot play in San Francisco or New York under the vaccination mandates that those cities have if you can't play in the arena that night you are not getting paid we are going to withhold your check and i think it's a a big empty threat um i I think uh, athletes have less money than you and i assume but i think any one of them could give up the 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 game checks how often are you playing in the Barkley center six maybe Uh, it can't be that many more Unless it's your home arena, if you're Kyrie Irving, then it's like, okay, well, now what do I do? And if you're Andrew Wiggins, who's, who's going to play for the Warriors, it's like, okay, well, that might be a problem. So for two guys in the league, it's a problem. For most people, it's like, eh, all right, fine, I won't play tonight, keep my money. You know, um, what was it called? Not anger management. What were they called? Load management. Load management. Remember that BS the NBA tried to sell you on why these guys can't play in games after you spend 500 bucks to go and take your kids and you give them their Christmas presents and you want to see LeBron? Nah, I can't. Load management. If I'm Kyrie Irving, aren't I just going, eh, this is kind one of my load management games. Adam Silver's fine with me not playing. It's if I'm not playing because of this, now I'm a problem. I could literally show up to the to the Barkley Center in a suit and just claim, you know what, got to save the ankles for the postseason not playing tonight. You're You're, you're, you're fine there. And I think that's what guys in the NBA are going to do. They're going to go, eh, call it a load management game. I ain't playing. I mean, we built an entire system around these guys never have to play if they don't want to. Why, why on earth would you think taking the game check is going to be the motivating factor there? That I don't buy. I just don't see it. Role players in the NBA are making a hundred million dollars. These dudes are beyond loaded now. If they go broke now, it's because they're stupid. Like that, let's be honest. They're, or wasteful. Let, that's the better word wasteful which if you're willing to be wasteful you could argue you're pretty stupid so we talked about that as well also minimalists versus maximalists i am very much a minimalist there's not a single picture on the wall of any room in my house i don't have a single piece of furniture on the first floor of my house I view possessions and homes as prisons. I am very much a minimalist. So we talked about the differences in those in the 6 o'clock hour. Miss any of those conversations, anything else I may have gotten into. Podcast goes on shortly at WRQK.com. Aside from that, done for the day, not back live again till tomorrow. Y'all stay safe out there. Be good to one another. Meet me here tomorrow at 6 a.m. for Friday's program on Rock 106.9. I hope you have a decent afternoon, and I hope I get to see you around town.